And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 132. Welcome. So here we are. It is the time of the month everybody has been waiting for. The review. If you thought I was going to say something else, shame on you. We have a little bit of housekeeping and we'll jump right into that so that way we can get to the reviews and uh, put our, our thoughts out into the ether for you all to digest. So first and foremost... We really want to kind of vocalize just how amazingly Scarefair is coming together. I've talked about how I'm doing the the graphic art for for the advertisements and for for promotion and everything like that. And um, I finally finally finished the second part of our little logo team. Sent it over to Eddie and Dave. So I'm very excited. But beyond my role in this this whole huge, 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 this whole, uh, I guess you could say, dropping a, a, a hint full keyword, uh, circus. And it's, it's really coming together uh, beautifully. We're seeing a lot of vendors signing up. We're seeing a lot of involvement from artists and authors. And I am so impressed and genuinely amazed and I cannot wait 
because uh, we are gradually announcing more and more and more, and uh, especially as things are are getting more fleshed out, it's it's gonna be. I don't, it's going to, it's going to be huge. Like I can't foresee it being anything other than that. So moving on to the fact that Myth Mart, as you all should know, but we are officially launching on June 5th. And amidst that launch, we will also be releasing the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies. So that's very exciting. And some podcast news. So Eddie, who has been uh, working and kind of taking charge of PCE Scarefare, is also stepping in to the role of podcast host, as we we once did. Uh, And he will be hosting season five of My Public Life as an American Nerd starting in June. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. So that being said, you will get to hear probably a whole lot more about Scarefare uh, as Eddie Aguirre takes over the podcast and hopefully we'll kind of drop some more tidbits as things start, like I said, fleshing out and gaining momentum and traction. So that's really exciting. And then we also want to remind everybody to vote for their favorite content in this issue. So that way we have a member of the month to announce their, I'll get into this later because I have a lot to say, but holy crap, best of luck to voters because wow. Uh, And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. (laughs) Another lost comic from the 90s, from the 90s, from the Dark Myths, I mean like infancy slash gleam in the eye, not even, (laughs) has been found. And uh, it's titled Life Sign. And it will be heading for modern and updated restoration. So that's really exciting news. Also, I've gotten to hear a couple little whispers of of some of these comics, and uh, I'm stoked. And finally, if you have sat through this entire bit of me rambling about all of the great things coming to our our little tiny empire here, we are now going to also announce the next two contestants moving forward in the open contract challenge. Again, with the non-existent drum roll that you all can imagine. So contestant number seven is Jim Bates. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. And also contestant number eight is Destiny Piper. Hurrah, 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 hurrah. So congratulations to you both. I am very excited. Congratulations, guys. I foresee this being, again, kind of like trying to choose uh, the best stories of the month. I, reading this lineup of people moving forward, I don't even know how the judges are going to know what to do because I can only fathom nothing but absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant work. Before we get started... We would like to present to you with our special project for Member of the Month. If your story is chosen and you are a Member of the Month, please be expecting a little something extra every review. A couple months back, David K. Montoya had one Member of the Month. I'd like to thank my friend Walter G. Esselman for lending his voice for Harv. And thank you to Dave for writing the piece. I composed the music and created the sound effect that you'll hear as well as narrated. Without further ado, please enjoy With Power by David K. Montoya. 
Arv looked down at his hands as they glowed with unlimited power. The boy who was bullied for being a stereotypical geek now had the power of a god. The images of his favorite superheroes flashed through his mind. All of their amazing adventures were now his soon-to-be reality. He knew there was countless evil to be stopped all around the world. An idea of him as a character on the cover of his own comic book materialized in his mind's eye. Forget all that silliness, Harv said to himself. My unstoppable ass is about to be a billionaire. So this this kind of was something we've been when toying around uh, the idea. We've been kind of going back and forth. So it's really exciting to see it fully actualized. And I think Drabble and Flash was like a really good place to start, you know, to kind of dip our toes in and, and share with you all. Kind of like what we did last week with Sophia and showing you all what we, mainly Joe, is really putting... Uh, a lot of effort into in producing and uh, again I, I'm very excited and proud. So now the time has come and we are going to jump into the review of the World of Myth issue number 96 and we will begin with Drabble and Flash with our first story The Time Traveling Healer episode 2 by Jim Bates. Okay Jim. <laughs> Not sure how much I like you taking up home and Drabble and Flash with a series. Uh, only because, wait, what? I need to know who goes there. Uh, I am not built for this emotionally, <laughs> but beside, that was all a joke. So beside that, and in all seriousness, I do enjoy this, this shorter construction. And I think it's fun to see Jim present these ideas in you know, essentially a couple sentences. So I don't know, it just it it was really, really interesting. And, and I'm very eager to jump into the third part because it's like little whispers of concentration, trying to understand and read between the lines, which Jim, you know, he kind of always incites that in his readers, I feel. So again, I'm, I'm very excited to see if like Maddie and Yana and the unicorn and everybody unites and what else Jim's got in store for this tale. That was a clean little addition to uh, his wholesome writing style there. You know, um, who could it be? <laughs> who could it be? Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> All right. The next story, Stones and Stones by Alana Sharon Mandel. So my my note is kind of short uh, because it's just gorgeous, beautiful, haunting, and such an astonishing feat in tackling grief. This piece left me absolutely speechless. And I'm sorry, Alana, I don't have anything else to say except for that was genuinely one of the most like impactful, graceful, wounding healing precious things I have ever read and I cannot thank you enough for sharing that it was absolutely beautiful you got a clean clean take on the acceptance of death there you know thank you very much all right next piece Gary's Visitor by Gabriella Balcom so this one was like a nice bout of something sweet and precious amidst 
something super tragic. So truly a lovely short tale that is both moving and catastrophically sad in only that I think we all desperately would wish for a scenario like this uh, at some point in our lives. And uh, I think that really drives home the point of fiction at the end of the day. So beautiful work, Gabriella. I had a dream like this one time, except it was Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock healed me. That's not a bad dream, though. Excellent work on that. <laughs> All right. Fishing Day by Dawn DeBrawl. Uh, this piece, in my opinion, was absolute perfection. The, the subtle hair on your neck just kind of shooting up very, oh, the anticipation. And it, it's like at the end result, it was just a little shudder. Uh, it, it's such a rich feeling. And I thank you so much, Dawn, for delivering. I couldn't be more impressed and delighted by this story. And on that note, kind of on a funny, silly haha, um, one of my favorite podcasts, Red Handed, the hosts actually will kind of always make a, a joke about how it's always people first thing in the morning who find dead bodies. And so, of course, my, my brain thinking back to that was like, here we go. <laughs> so I just perfect, perfect, amazing story, Dawn. Absolutely amazing. I love it. Why do you think there were so many bodies? There's a lot of ideas that it could be. What do you think? I don't know. It's not there. In that fact, a trail of thought, I hope she does not elaborate why there were so many bodies then. Thank That's you. what made it so <laughs> creepy and so good. Excellent work on that. All right. The Last Chain by Christopher Bice. Oh. <laughs> so at first, I was prepared for like an iconically sweet and thoughtful Christopher Bice story. But alas, such is not the case. And I mean, it's, it is thoughtful, and heart-wrenching and in all of Chris's traditional means that we love and, and respect. Just, I did not see that last bit coming, and I absolutely love and respect and adore a great twist, and it was delivered magnificently. Absolutely. I, I liked how he delivered this one. Do you think that entire memory will be a delusion of the mental state then? I think easily. Right. Excellent yeah. work on that, sir. I know... When I get a migraine, sometimes the, the telling sign is I will obsessively think about a thought that I'm not sure was real or a dream or something, and I feel absolutely terrified. <laughs> it's very weird. So I think, yeah, I think memory is, is yeah. All right. Excellent sorry. work, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so the next piece is, and I hope I say this right, I'm so sorry, Venice Tithulu. There we go. Venice to Thulu by Gabriella Balcom. So I thought this one was a very interesting, interesting. Like that's my note is just like interesting because I just sat there and thought on it for a good few minutes and nothing like a good nod to some eldritch like terrors. And I mean that very sincerely because I thought it was really interesting to get that perspective. And I really enjoyed that perspective again. So it felt really textured if that makes sense. So sl a slow burn of doom, if you will, and just really, really enjoyable and fascinating. I thought it was interesting how this one worked. Like, all I could think of as soon as she had the uh, words, like, splatter across the, the, the scene, almost if this was played like a movie, and she, mm -hmm. like, splattered the scene, like, in waiting. And yeah. Stuff like that. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. 
All right, and our final story within Drabalon Flash is Truck Stop Drip by Timothy Law. My first thought was my brother actually used to work at Circle K, and honestly, this scenario was like completely unsurprising. <laughs> so I, I jest, of course. But wowzas, uh, that was a gloriously dark and sick um, story, and I love a good, like, looped or loop-like existence of storytelling. And I love how Tim plays out these feelings, getting really, really deep into the concept of fear. And it just paints the picture so well and so tormented, you know, and just a terribly great story, Tim. Absolutely. I agree with all that you said on account of I had been there myself. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. And moving on to fantasy. And our first story is True Intention by Gabriella Balcom. Uh, and so I always enjoy a tale of retribution. And of course, Gabriella has proven herself talented to be able to procure uh, this, this series. I'm not sure if it's a series, but it's definitely like a recurring theme that could easily fit itself into a series. So I really did enjoy the, the idea of death by paper cuts, though, because that, oh, that is a truly shuddering thought. So, yeah. Great work. Yeah, she seems to have a um, like a theme almost with this, almost like a wrongdoing type of writing uh, uh, the wrongs type of feeling, you know, with uh, her characters and stories and everything like that. Excellent work on that. Thank you very much. All right. And our next piece, D&D Little League, Sleep on It, by Glenn Bresciani. Bresciani? Please correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm so happy we got a follow-up to the first story which, if you haven't read, go back and read it. I believe it's issue 93. Anyway, again, I am super ignorant on D&D. So thanks to Glenn, though, uh, I'm learning. Like, this is information that, that genuinely was educational for me. So I guess, like, as green as I am, I feel very connected to this story. Um, and it's funny and silly uh, I, I love the architecture and how it just so effortless, effortless, effortlessly <laughs> puts on a display the plight of a parent trying to share something they love with the next generation. <laughs> and it's exhausting and humbling, but so enjoyable, especially the way Glenn presents the idea. I was just grinning the whole way through this piece and, and just absolutely enjoyed it. So thank you very, very much, Glenn. Absolutely. Thank you very much, sir. And our next piece, Petra's Tale, Part 3, by Timothy Law. So in the last issue, I admittedly fell in love with Petra. Unbeknownst to me, uh, she's not a new character. So I scooped up Tim's book with more of her stories because, as I say, time and time again, I am spoiled and always want all of the content. So um, I'm super excited for, for as much content as I can grab. And this chapter was, was no exception for that deep dive. And I absolutely love the way every movement of Petra's seems as natural as breathing. Everything is so organic and precious and even calming in the atmosphere and it's so magical you know and I know I know it's silly but I appreciate the the kindness 
uh, because it just, I don't know, because between our dragon friend and the human, the the earnestness and politeness feels almost shocking and refreshing, you know, because uh, you kind of always expect uh, niceties to have some ulterior motive anymore, especially, you know, in fiction. You're like, oh, is this is this going to turn around and be something dark and, and demented? But no, like, it just made me happy. So just a gorgeous addition, and I cannot wait to read more. It's almost like the same feeling you get from Fern Gully. Kind of. Kind of, Not, not yeah. the story in, in, in a sense. It's, it's more so it's just... In a, 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 a wholesome, like, fairy. Yeah. You know, I guess fairy tale, you want to call yeah. that? Thank you very much, sir. All right. And our next piece, A Ranger's Tale, Part 6 by Jeff R. Young. Oh, yes. <laughs> that pro- that progression, though. So, again, like Tim's story, for some reason, I'm really happy to read about kindness. And I know we're on our way to a major confrontation, but for a moment, I, I really, really really loved reading Ironclaw's brush with like the generosity because his wariness of it his suspicion details his character in such a subtle way it's it's so commendable that Jeff was able to allude to so much of this character with just something so subtle you know um, and it's just a fantastic story. And I know I repeat myself with every chapter, but I'm just, I'm super excited to see where, uh, we're headed. So as usual, excellent work, Jeff. And I cannot wait for more from Draven, Aaron, and Ironclaw. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a, uh, nice little addition to that this whole story as a whole. I wonder though, if our hero is the actual target of Ironclaw or not as those happenstance that he just seems to be there when he happens to be in the same area type of thing. I don't know, though. We'll see what Jeff pulls out the bag. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) All right. And jumping over to horror. And our first piece is Penance, part one, by Stephanie J. Barty. So my, my, I have, like, a whole, you could designated a paragraph that's just me like scream typing yes Um, (laughs) I'm obsessed already I really really want to make a funny comment first and foremost and I feel like Chris (laughs) is Chad from Saturday Night Live Uh, please YouTube it if you have no idea what I'm talking about like just think about it you know like okay (laughs) so please look it up it's it's funny Um, so beyond that Little joke, though. I really miss Stephanie's writing. And so I'm really happy to get to sink my teeth into some, like, like new big work. You know, like, I, I got to, we got to read some for Drabble and Flash last month. And, and that's great, awesome, delightful. But here we have something super meaty, you know. And uh, I absolutely love the idea and the concept and I'm super intrigued by the characters. And I do love the idea of a person from a certain era coming into a new one. And I think Steph will really get into the humor of the concept while like maintaining the intensity and the curiosity. So definitely a great piece. And I'm so stoked to get to part two. 
Absolutely. I really enjoy the setup on this one as though um, she wrote this, this being or creature or monster in the way that it is there of its own means as though it has imprisoned its own self within this, this tomb, right? And then after the years have passed, now they have uh, come forth, you know, because they feel that they're worthy finally uh, with a little bit of a push. I hope through that fishing line out there that I hope this turns into something that I think it hopefully like it turns into. Thank you very much on this one. I can't wait to see what uh, transpires in this story right here. Yeah, this one this one I I think is gonna be absolutely magnificent. And jumping over to action and suspense. And our first story is The PVC Imperative by Mr. Steve Carr. Uh, so I just, kind of like Stephanie's story, my, my opening notes was just me, like, screen typing holy, uh, something. (laughs) Holy crap for our younger audiences. Uh, you, you have to understand my initial reaction to this piece was far more, uh, crass is what I'm getting at. (laughs) That piece just rips at your soul and not at all gently and I mean that in the most complimentary voice I genuinely cannot fathom the story like ever leaving my mind I'm just stunned I I was just blown away you know from essentially minute one um and I I feel like this is absolutely peak Steve Carr and possibly one of my most absolute favorite pieces he has that I've gotten to read. I again I just know it's going to to haunt me, <laughs> you know, and stick with me. It it hit hard on so many of my personal fears. And at first I I didn't think I was, you know, gonna be super excited by it just because so much with our nonfiction pandemic and at first I was like oh another pandemic and then it just like it clicked and it was like nope shut yourself up Jenna this was phenomenal I absolutely love this piece it was just so effing good so thank you thank you Steve so so good okay absolutely I thought it was pretty interesting about the causation of human extinction i thought it was interesting to present a bacteria formed from uh inorganic materials but also with an organic uh compound you know definitely interesting excellent work on that sir so you know what as a side note before we cut that i think there actually is a bacteria they found that actually eats plastic i wouldn't be surprised Excellent work on that, sir. (laughs) All right. Next story is Mirrors by Doug Hawley. And I always enjoy seeing what Doug's got up his sleeve. And this one was a great take. It's just, it's so wild and out there that it's absolutely believable. And I think no matter what, Doug always manages to surprise his audience. with, Especially with his, his construction. And because nothing about, like, his work ever feels fictional. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's why I enjoy so so much about his voice and his stories. And this one is just another notch unsuccessful WTF amazing goodness. When, when I first read this one, Doug had presented an idea within the story of the mirrors to where you have an option to go to the prom. And I'm like, oh, dear. Where are we going, Dougie? <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this one because it had... It had it's such a smart feel over 
what would be possible with money and what people get away with when they have money. Um, there's a certain individual that comes to mind, but I'm just going to say the air freshener didn't hang itself. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, this one, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, uh, thank you very much, sir. All right. And next to science fiction and Gimmigan's Planet by James Rumpel. Uh, so Westworld, the season three simulation storyline, but make it Gilligan's Island. I love it. James did two things that were so like perfect and, and, and eloquent that I absolutely adore. One was giving us a space age like pseudo Gilligan's Island in, in general. And two, giving us a space age pseudo Gilligan's Island, but with a dark twist. So to, to clarify, first and foremost, I just thought like the the generic terminology <laughs> was absolutely hilarious. Tiny pal. I'm gonna start saying that at any moment's notice. That was just so I laughed out loud when I read that. <laughs> Tiny pal. But going back to what I meant was for me it was a whole like experience reading this piece. And I know it was never even implied but I heard the canned laugh tracks uh, as the gimmicks were explained, and I heard the music, saw the 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 cutaways, you know, from and transitions to each scene. And for me, again personally, I just love that experience. And I I don't know if James did that intentionally, but it was an absolute blast to read. And I also love the fact that James went there, <laughs> something that should have been silly and like slapstick just became this absolute disaster. <laughs> and it was just super smart writing. And again, an absolute joy to have experienced. I really, I really found it pretty interesting. And he also had like almost like a Truman Show effect with the other aliens that were on the planet, even though they weren't part of the show. The guy thought they were a part of the show. I thought that was a pretty smart little move mm -hmm. right there. Excellent work on that one. Sir, thank you very much. And last but not least, in our humor section, we have Getting the Shot, part three by Melissa Small. And I honestly didn't see that end, or at least what I'm presuming to be the end. Uh, and I thought it was a cute and funny way to wrap up, or at least kind of like shift us into a next chapter, if that's what uh, Melissa's plan is. And again, I wasn't sure where exactly we were headed uh, in the second part, but I really enjoyed where we landed. It was like a warm buddy comedy you didn't know you needed in your life. So yeah, I thought that was an absolutely fun little story, and thank you. Yeah, um, I felt a little lost in this one. I, I can understand it's like the 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 absurdity, you know, of like not getting the vaccine and everything like that. Um, but. It, yeah, hopefully uh, her entire idea is expanded on a little more. Not so much that I, I'm getting lost in so much the idea, because I, I can get the idea behind it. It just needs a little fine-tuning. Yeah, it's the, the details. The devil's in the details. Right. Well, yeah, the details. But, I mean, I'm interested to see what the ending holds now because they had lost the gun. Yeah. Right? So I guess we'll see. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Jumping over to poetry. I, why, why? Poetry. Say it normal. Poetry. And our first piece is Isolation by Kate McDonald. Uh, I really appreciated the hope in this piece. And I think anymore, like I said before, you know, with Steve Carr's piece where, you know, in, in 
initially just oh pandemic stuff and then uh, snaps out of it. But anything related to reading about the pandemic, it can feel very, very exhausting, especially, you know, where we're at a point where we felt like there was no hope. But I feel Kate's really I feel she she really took on that direction of ensuring that, well, yes, isolation can be debilitating. But at the end of the day, there's still something that keeps us looking onward. And I think that's been kind of where everybody has had to be. And unfortunately, you know, not everybody can or has or, or you know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. But I think Kate did an absolutely beautiful job of really driving home that point of hope. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised there's not a lot more of these flooding behind the scenes. Excellent work on that. Thank you very much. And next up, we have Insanity by Christopher Bice. Uh, this felt to me like a lovely little nod to The Shining, and I don't know if it is. Uh, I just, you know, whatever. I That's the, the, the vibe I got. And I always enjoy the darkness that Chris kind of feeds us through his poetry. <laughs> so this was just like a chilling piece that really, really got to me. <laughs> Uh, and just a, a fascinating, fascinating piece that, again, put me in a very, like, Kubrick slash King mindset. And uh, I, I mean, no offense by that. It just it was really cool in my my thought process. I really liked it. Absolutely. Chris laying down the dark this issue. <laughs> Psychopathy galore. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. Thank you very much, sir. That'll be uh, the the third po- podcast in 2025. Psychopathy galore. Trademark. <laughs> All right. And next up, we have Coiled by Stephanie J. Barty. And with this piece, I felt like a lovely little nod to working in retail. No, I think this piece was a rattlingly elegant way of describing that, like, bursting feeling of, of anxious anger and it was just a, a gorgeous analogy that that spoker really screamed volumes, and and I just really really appreciated it. So absolutely beautiful work, Stephanie. That was definitely an interesting take on the pressures of altercations, or preventing them, anyways. No, oh. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, and next up we have the Colonists by John Gray. This one has definitely um, a nice feeling behind the the leaving of Earth. You know, you do the SpaceX proud, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, and next piece, Fragmentation Song by On Christine Tabaka. Oh, I just wrote, oh, oh. <laughs> and, oh, man. Okay, so that one hit really, really hard and brutal, but I also love that sting. And again, like, Anne leaves me rendered pretty pretty speechless because she knows just how to cut into the rawest of raw human emotion and oof, just stunning and breathtaking. And I am in absolute awe of this piece and its voice. So just beautiful work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all you need to put one word. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. All right. Number Six, our sixth piece, I Am the Dustman, Clutter Collector by Michael Lee Johnson. Uh, This haunts me, 
and feels very pointed at me. Do you I have know the haunting? Do you have the haunting voice of the cleaning? Is that what's going yes. On? <laughs> now this is very well put together. Thank you very much, sir. All right, guys, and finally we have Kafkaesque by Ken Allen Dronsfield. And I probably shouldn't have, but this piece just left me like smirking because I have been there and I absolutely adore Ken's presentation. I get the depth of it, but he gave it to us in a way that just like bleeds this absolute kinship and understanding that I think it makes its reader feel very seen. And I just, I love this piece and every instinct the narration was presenting, just a very smart, fascinating Peace. Absolutely. Just the average Tuesday. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. Now we are going to leap over to art. And our first piece is My Bobo by Zoe M. Montoya, to which I uh, gratuitously thank Zoe for <laughs> making me crave some boba now. Uh, but seriously, I love seeing every month's graduation and I find myself looking forward to what Zoe is going to deliver uh, next and what more she's going to present. One thing I'd really love to see you tackle is texture. Um, I think though it's safe to say you're absolutely unstoppable and again like I get so excited to see what you're going to present next but I think just kind of maybe Trying to give, like I said, a little bit of texture a go. I would be very eager to see that. Uh, but awesome work. Again, Zoe, thank you for your submission. And now I'm going to go get some boba. How old were you when you had boba? Oh, gosh. not that It wasn't that long ago. The first, it was probably like within the last like five years. Yeah. I was wondering, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's having boba. I don't remember having that till I was like 20-something. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, unless it didn't come out then. Anyways, let's not do this. Excellent work as usual, Zoe. All right, and our next piece is Furbolg by Vincent May. Uh, yes, this piece is uh, badass. I love the design from head to toe, uh, in particular the toes. The detail is just jaw-dropping, and I find myself every time I see Vincent's work just drooling and in awe of all the details. Even the most, like, myopic, teeny tiny things and how they tell the whole story. I am admittedly envious of Vincent's work, so thank you. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous work. Absolutely. Another excellent character design by Vince right there. Next up we have Inuyasha. By Sirius Small. Uh, yeah. Give me that line art. I know I said it last month, but I really want to drive home my point that the cleanest looking art is often the most difficult to do. And I absolutely respect Sirius's ability to do such clean work. Super cool. Super clean. Super palatable piece. Sirius, thank you. Absolutely. Another excellent work by uh, Sirius there. Next up, you should go ahead and tackle Koga. Thanks, sir. Excellent work on that. Our next piece, The She-Devil by Talia McMullen. And yes, I love the anatomy of this She-Devil. That face is absolutely gorgeous. And the iconic Morticia eye highlight. Uh, love, love, love this piece. It's super cool and sleek and interesting wherever you're looking. I mean, I also adore the, the monochromatic palette 
which I know is is not always easy to do, especially with red. Uh, and Talia mastered it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. I really like that coloring and the depiction by her. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Excellent work. And finally, we have AVP by Eric Riviera. Uh, I love seeing Eric take on color in his pieces. The minute I saw this one, I just fell in love. I adore the palette, the detailing, every moment of every aspect of this piece. It is intense and jarring and gorgeous, and the action is so clean and concise. And just uh, probably one of my favorite pieces I've seen from Eric. I'm just genuinely blown away from this one. Yeah, my man's color game is popping in this one. Yeah. I remember when he was uh, a little hesitant on even taking on color. Mm -hmm. He has come leaps and bounds, sir. Which is so funny because jumping straight into like those yellows and those purples and those blues. Oh my God. It's so good. So, 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 so good. I love it. It's going to be top flight comic guy right there in the (laughs) world, Craig. (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. Now that's going to take us into the reviews. First up, the interview with James Rumpel by Kevin Mythmaster Adams. Good, go take a listen to see what drives James's work from movies to music to art. Go give that a look see over if you are curious. Next up, we have the movie review <laughs> of Grease 2 by our own. Jenna Sparks. Should I go over it again right now? No. Uh, Are you sure? I can. Uh, do you want me to sing a song? Do you want me to? I can call Stephanie. We will recite the entire movie from beginning to end for the audience. Whatever you guys want from us, we know. We know. Absolutely. In this <laughs> in this review, she depicts how great Grease Two is. However, affirmation of my own self, it is not the superior Grease. It is the superior Grease. You agreed. He okay. Somebody put a poll on the magazine <laughs> to see which Grease is superior because Grease One is superior. It is a good movie, but it is not superior. You even ha- you haven't even seen it in like how many years? No, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna we're gonna have a Grease marathon, and then I'm gonna. I recall it, to you. it was a good movie because if I am this adamant on it not being the superior Grease, thank you very much for the review. After that, we have the book review of the review of the Penguin Book of Haiku by Michael A. Arnold. In traditional Michael fashion, he brings forth a historical lesson behind the book of choice. It takes us down a road of traditional Japanese poetry. Though it is not of traditional means, it is another form because Japan needed to rekindle his country at the apparent point in time. Thank you very much, sir. I would not have known that had I read that review. After that, we're going to roll over to the video game review of Wreckfest by Jeff R. Young. Apparently, this is a game that is like Death Race, where you have to racing, where it's like a racing sim, and you wreck opponents and stuff. I guess there was also, I can't remember that game for PlayStation was kind of like that too, where you, you went around and destroyed each other's cars, and the guy had like wheel arms. What was that? I don't have no uh, recollection. The guy had like wheel arms, right? And then they had like a little clown on the ice cream truck, Twisted Metal. That's what that, that was. That sounds really traumatic right. to have played as a child. A little motorcycles in there. Thank you very much, sir. After that, we have the art review of Venus by Willendorf by Michael A. Arnold. 
This is a 25,000-year-old statue of limestone emphasizing fertility. They have no idea where it came from. Can you solve the case? Thank you very much, Michael. Finally, we have the board minutes where we discuss stuff. <laughs> Go take a look-see if you are interested to see what we talk about at the round table. Or hexagon table. It's never really been decided yet. <laughs> so, there we have it. 96. Yeah, view. I... I really, I, I, I didn't preface it. I kind of, kind of said it at the beginning, but like, I genuinely, you know, every, every issue we have pieces that blow us away that are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it's not like we've ever read a bad issue. This issue, I, I don't know. It was probably the best I think we've sat down to review. It was so freaking good. Like, I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, this issue, all of the content was just magnificent. So, yeah, I I am just very, very amazed <laughs> by the quality of this issue. So, so good. And as always, you know, to thank all of the contributors, all of the writers, all of the artists, all of the poets, everybody who has anything to do with the content and, you know, of course, to our amazing editor who, you know, really has to kind of put her best, best eyes forward, <laughs> you know, to dig through to find these amazing pieces. And it, pay it paid off. I mean, it pays off every month. But this this month was just wow. So, so, so good. Absolutely. It's a special little thing when you put your words down and other people read them and they have to give their insight on what they just read or how they interpreted it. So thank you very much for everybody who contributes and express your voice. And thank you very much, and we shall see you on the next issue. Well, actually, we'll see you guys next week. I will see but, you next week. But. <laughs> <laughs> I will see you next week. Until then, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. And if you are at all curious to see what's coming to Scarefare, uh, you can always go to www.pcehd.com and uh, it's being updated regularly and I mean the like I said the guests the vendors everything that's coming together is just it is truly 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 uh, a feat that is awesome and so much fun to bear witness to so check it out thank you for listening until next time that on the banner also one in a lifetime event well hopefully it's an annual thing one in a lifetime annual event <laughs> thank you very much